Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast, and we are live on YouTube. For those of you who join us, we appreciate it in the live chat. Best way to enjoy the experience, the live YouTube feed. That's the CHGO Sports page. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the shows. If you're listening in podcast form, maybe on Saturday, uh, you didn't stay up, didn't want to see how it finished, we're here to tell you. For those of you that are live, uh, it is a therapy session, I would guess, tonight, most likely. Maybe it's, uh, hey, you guys need a lift? We're here for you. There, there are reasons it's not the end of the world, although it does sort of feel like it tonight a little bit. Cubs lose to the Diamondbacks 6-4. to four. In reality, Corey Friedman and Ryan Herrera join me as, by the way, Cody Del Mendo, still off, still ruining the season by attending games on the road where he is winless. <laughs> So far, sorry, he's going to kill you for saying that. I know yeah. it's not his fault. He's not going to be happy. Corey and listen, Brendan and Cody were at the game tonight. Yeah, they're both to blame for this one. Listen, I, you know, part of what makes I think being and you know all fans, but being a Cubs fan, and there's a, a lot of folks already here with us live in the YouTube chat on eleven o'clock on a Friday night after a tough game. It's it's because we love this team and like. Cody and Brendan, you know, for now are being gluttons for punishment, right? Like this team's in a playoff race. They're going to be there and try to root them on to victory. And unfortunately tonight they didn't get that. We'll see if they fare better tomorrow, but you know, we're, we're all strapped in for this Luke. However, this is going to play out for the next couple of weeks, but you know, no matter what we're here, you know, Ryan, one thing is they are now two and six in their last eight games. And if you, you zoom out a little bit further than that, uh, the really good baseball that the Cubs were playing is further back than even that. Uh, this has been a losing stretch, but it goes back even further than that from when they really went on their hot run and convinced Jed Hoyer, listen, we need to be buyers. We need to go for it. And in general, it's still been a good second half of the season, but it's not quite as shiny as it was a few weeks ago. Uh, do you think Cubs fans should be worried that this might slip away. I mean, there's always that that risk with the way they're playing right now, right? But I, I would kind of push back that like the second half has been maybe better than you're giving it credit for. Like they before last weekend against Arizona, they had only lost two series the entire second half. That was the first yeah. series of the second half against Boston, um, and then the one series in New York against the Mets. So that I, I think I think it's really just this last week and a half or so. Um, that we've seen the Cubs start to like, it feels like they're running out of gas. I, I, they, they wouldn't say that. I know they'd, they, they've talked about like being, you know, the bullpen being gas sometimes and whatnot. And, you know, it's the grind of the season. Every team's going through it, right? Like every team is tired at this point in the season and try and are, you know, especially like the teams in the playoff push um, are getting to that point where they got to give every ounce of energy and, and make that playoff push. Uh, but as far as, yeah, being worried, I mean, I could totally understand it the way this last week has gone, right? You drop three at home out of four to, to the Diamondbacks. Um, you know, you lose two of three to Colorado, one of the worst teams in National League at cores, but still, like, you lose you lose a series to them. And now you've come out of the first game in Arizona with a loss and need to obviously win the last two to, to pick up a series win. Like, yeah, I, I would be – I would understand if Cubs fans are being worried. I mean, you can see it in the chat already, like – our chat is, is claiming that the season is over. Um, I don't blame them. This has been a frustrating stretch for 
Cubs fans, the Cubs themselves. Like it's, this is not the way um, I guess we maybe pictured this last week going week and a half and definitely not the way um, the Cubs are trying to get to the finish line, right? Like they still are in a playoff spot at the moment. Um, but yeah, th- there is a risk of it slipping away the way they're playing. If they don't, when we talked about it on Wednesday after that Rocky series, like if they don't start to obviously play better, right? Like they, they have to, they have to be the ones to do it, right? No one can do it for them. No one's going to feel sorry for them for, for letting it slip away. No one's going to be happy right at the end of the season. If they do let it slip away that, Oh, at least they were there mid September and making the playoff push. Like, no, like they, everyone's kind of invested in this team right now. The, the Cubs fans, Cubs themselves, they're invested. They got to, they got to figure out how to finish it off. But yes, it is. It does feel like at real risk of, slip, of slipping away right now. Uh, Mark in the YouTube chat is, is asking a question. Uh, how epic of a collapse would this be compared to 2019 or 2018? And I I understand the 2019 if they were to really. But remember, 2019 was also Milwaukee was spectacular. Um, and so there 2018. were. 2018. Multiple yeah, that was 18. Going, yeah. Or 18. Uh, multiple things going on that year. I, I just. To me, those teams were already they had they had guys that had won the World Series on it and and they were trying to hang on to a championship era. This is a rebuild that realistically is still sort of in year one almost. Uh, I mean, you had the teardown, so really this is year one of the rebuild. I compare this more to 15 still, uh, in the fact that I still think this team has overachieved mm-hmm. if you zoom out far enough. Uh, now they may not be going to the NLCS like they did in 2015, but the same thing, you know, Fernando in the chat said they are who we thought they were. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were a flawed roster going into the season. So with, with that, I would agree with Fernando. They are who we thought they are. There's, there's problems with this roster. It's not ready to really compete for a world series, but that said, in the bigger picture, they have done better than we've expected. And it doesn't matter if they go limping into the postseason and make it by one game. It, it doesn't matter if they make it by two games. If they make it, anything can happen. Because just as quickly as they've started playing poorly, they could start playing well again. And then all bets are off. You just don't know what can happen. I don't think it's a World Series team. I don't think it's an NLCS team. But you can get to the postseason and make some noise as long as you get in. But if you don't get in, <laughs> then obviously you can't do anything. I'm I'm trying personally, I'm trying not to overreact to this stretch. Um I do think I do think they're gassed. What what bothers me is that I've always thought the offense would be a problem for this team when it when it all boiled down to it at the end of the season. And when you look at this two and six record in the last eight games, they're scoring three runs a game. You aren't going to win enough games scoring three runs a game. Not when your pitching staff isn't dominant, right? Like you're going on Justin Steele, who had a you know a tougher game tonight, but it's 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 a patchwork rotation at this point. And so while I've been okay with the pitching, it's really the offense that's going to determine whether, in my eyes, going to determine whether or not they get there. I think ultimately, like, it's a balance of all those things, right? Like, I I think, you know, we talked about this the other day in the studio. Like, of course, I think at this point, we're all happy that they're competing for a playoff spot. And again, as we record this, they are a playoff team. I know the sky is falling around some of us, but like, 
ended tomorrow, like we have playoff games to get ready for, right? So I think it's that balance of like, you know, of course they have, I think, met or exceeded a lot of people's expectations and the fact that they're playing these meaningful games matters. But like we talked about the other day, like once you get to this point, I don't feel good looking back and like giving them a participation trophy, right? Like coming into the month of September, I think they were at like a 95% chance if you believe in those like fan graphs odds to make the playoffs, right? And you're looking at this last week, as you said, Ryan, like you are the one that is letting the Diamondbacks stay in this race with you, right? You had an opportunity over these last five games and you still do over these last two in Arizona to take care of business against a team that is trying to knock you out of the playoffs and you are not doing it, right? So I think that's where like the key frustration is setting in. And of course, you know, now is the time of year where a lot of us are going to look back and go, boy, like, I wish they didn't let Trey Mancini start games in July. Like, I wish they didn't roster Eric Hosmer for so long. And of course, we don't have to get deep in the weeds on that. But I think a lot of us felt at the time that this season might come down to a game or two, and I can point to a handful of games that they gave away and players that they spent too much time on that maybe could have prevented this. But the story of this week so far, tonight a little different, I think, in Arizona uh, with uh, Brandon Fott. I think it's Fott, yes? Yeah. Pronunciations are not my strong suit. Um, I think it's Favre. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah. He's 24. He's an up-and-coming pitcher. Like, even though his ERA coming into the game was bad, he's a young pitcher that is capable of doing this. The Diamondbacks have brought him up for a reason. But that being said, you look back at this entire week, you're in a playoff race, and whether we're happy they're competing or not, you are almost never going to get a cakier week than the Chicago Cubs have gotten so far and continue to get on Saturday and Sunday. The average ERA of the starting pitchers coming into these games has got to be close to six. And I don't even think that's an exaggeration. Flexens was over seven in Colorado. Fots was over six before the game tonight. Like the fact that they are struggling to score runs so mightily, you can count the four runs they scored tonight however you want. They scored zero when the game was actually on the line and, and it hadn't kind of been already chalked up in the L column. It's not going to get much easier than that. So so that's where I start to have, you know, like, okay, yeah, like they're competing. I'm happy, and I would have taken it. I know they're a flawed team. They are who we thought they are, et cetera. But you were in a really comfortable position coming into this week as far as the playoffs were concerned with a slate of bad starting pitchers lined up for you, and they have done next to nothing against these starting pitchers. Absolutely. If you don't count the four runs in the ninth inning, I said, three runs a game, but that's when you factor in that they scored four runs in the ninth inning. You go back against those pitchers, like you said, ERA six, seven, five. It's like 2.75 is their ERA if, if you take out those runs and assume that they had a scoreless ninth inning. So, I mean, again, they're not they're not facing a bunch of Cy Young. Zach Gallon was one of the good guys, but you don't even get them this time around, right? So the opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. I just um, – I will say this. I, I saw a Dom um, on, on Twitter saying, listen, this team has proven a lot of people wrong multiple times this season. And I, I'm 
happy to admit that I was a guy that thought they were dead in the water before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and they found a way to muster up a really hot streak to convince the team to go for it, and then they rewarded them by playing good baseball after that. The only reason I think this could be different the second time around is because I think they could be running out of gas. I I hope that's not the case, but if it does happen, that's sort of what I will – I will chalk it up to a flawed roster and running out of gas, and and that's about it. I, I hope that's not the case. Like you said, what is it? A one and a half game lead still in the wild card, and and two yeah. ahead in the loss column over the three teams behind them. So yes, correct. You know, there's not much baseball left to play. So they still could pull this out, and if they do. There's no way you could chalk this season up to anything but a win. Period. Oh, totally. And, and well, I go back to what Corey said. It's like it's yeah, it's very disappointing to see the offensive performances this week, considering the pitchers they were up against. And then like now you avoided Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly in Arizona and, and you put up a goose egg against, yeah, a rookie with a whatever it was, like a sixty something ERA. Like that's that's like four straight performances from the offense where you're like you're feeling uneasy about it. And you know, you get Zach Davies tomorrow. <laughs> like he's he's gonna go try to go for his revenge game, but he's got like a six two five ERA, something like that. Like that, that, this is the time to beat up on the the starting pitchers that are against you, right? Like the Cubs were able to at least scratch across some runs in the ninth and make the Diamondbacks use their closer when they were obviously. I, I you know the clo- the Diamondbacks were counting on that closer having another day of rest going into that ninth inning, right? So they were able to do that. I got that's one maybe silver lining of this game, um, but now you got to take advantage of it. You got you build a little momentum here. You didn't finish it off. Then you got a, a bad starting pitcher coming at you tomorrow, and uh, uh, you know if you get into a position where they need their closer, you know he's on. He, he pitched today, right? So he's not on a full day of rest. So I don't know. I'm just looking at it, and yeah, I, I, it would be a win, obviously, if they get to the playoffs. But you got 14 games left, and you've played your worst stretch of baseball this week than you've had in, in a couple months at least. And it, yeah, it doesn't look great. And you have to, there's nothing you have to turn it around, right? Like it's, it's on, there's no more excuses or anything like that. It's like, you got 14 games to quickly turn this thing around, get back on track and hold on to that playoff spot. Like the, the division it, it's, it's, it's feeling more and more reach with every loss and every brewers win. Cause they have, they don't seem to lose anymore. Um, but like you still have that second wild card spot. You need to turn it around, take advantage of, you know, go tomorrow and just take advantage of the starting pitcher in front of you. Do it. It's what they've said all season, right? Day by day. Don't get too high, too low. Just go and take everything day by day, pitch by pitch, whatever, all the cliches, but you have to do it. You have to go out and do it, take care of business and, you know, tread water at the very least, right? Like you have the playoff spot. Just hold on to it and get to the end of the season. And then we can talk about, yeah, you know, it's a win. It's, it's a successful season because they got there. But they haven't gotten there yet, and the way they're playing, it doesn't look like they will. Like, they they need to just go out and take care of business and and quickly turn things around. Like, it's it's – I said that on Wednesday, and it sounds like such a simple, easy thing for someone, you know, sitting at his new apartment <laughs> to say, right? But that's just that's – just, that's how, as simple as it gets. And sometimes the simple answer is – is the answer like just turn you ha- you have to play better you know every, everything has to be better than what it's been the last three four games and if you're gonna if you're gonna hold on to this playoff spot if you're the cubs you have to do that 
I see uh, Luisen in the chat saying uh, people are killing Ross for on, on Twitter for laughing with the marquee guys while his team is getting killed. I mean, it was three nothing when he did the interview, and and like basically <laughs> he talked about how you know he loves all the guys. They they asked him a funny question: "Who is is Jan your favorite player?" I didn't have a problem with any of it. I mean, I I think we're digging way too deep into the David Ross hate. If you're mad because he did an interview with TV and wasn't uh, swearing while he was doing the interview. I, they weren't down 10 to nothing at that point. I'm, I'm going to guess if they were down 10 to nothing, the interview just would have happened. The producers in the truck would have said, we're scrapping this. We're not going to make him do the interview. It was, it was three, nothing. And they had Justin Steele on the mound. The game was still within reach um, at, at that point. As for Justin Steele, I'm, I'm not concerned about Justin Steele. I mean, he made two bad pitches, sliders that were right down the heart of the plate, and they turned into three-run homers. And I, it was funny because J.D. brought up the, the Len Casper stat, and it's exactly what I was thinking after the first home run, that when a guy hits a three-run homer, you win like 75% of your games or something like that. Um, and so I was already thinking that before the second one. And when mm. uh, Thomas hit the home run, you, you, knew, you knew the game was over. I mean, it didn't matter what the comeback was in the ninth inning. The game was over when Thomas hit the home run. They weren't they weren't going to muster up six runs. Um, I I hope that carries over. Calypso in the chat saying it's it's going to carry over. I don't know if I believe that about baseball, but it certainly can't hurt. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the the disappointing thing. I think uh, you know, as a lot of people have noted, is that obviously gives Blake Snell a pretty for now, comfortable lead in the ERA race. Yeah. How they're going to vote on the Sayang, I don't know, because there's different guys that lead in different categories. And of course, Snell is not playing for a good team, which sometimes they factor into the voting, not always. Uh, but having the ERA lead would have been a, a really sparkling addition to Steele's case. And now with just a few starts left for each of them, you're going to have to hope that Snell has a blow up here. But as we said, kind of when we were doing the post game the other night going into the off day, the disappointing thing is that, of course, this is what happens, right? Steele has been unbelievable. What does he have? Two bad starts all season? Two or three? I mean, yeah, you can yeah. count them on one hand for sure. And this is going to happen. That's the problem. We keep saying and why we're freaking out about them not beating the Rockies the other day, like, sure, that stuff happens, but you can't just count on Steele to be perfect. And once again, you know, they fell in the hole early in this game, but no run support for him. You know, by the time he's out of the game, the runs come once they're down six to nothing. And, you know, I think Cody and Brendan are probably the only people still there because they're sulking and, you know, waiting for the final out. But it's just a shame. Like, you know, Steele can't be perfect. And this is what happens when you don't take advantage of some of those other situations. And you don't always get those easy wins when Steele is dealing, right? Because he's going to have a bad start every now and again. It has been so rare for him to have a bad start. And I mean, this really wasn't a, a particularly bad start. He made a couple yeah. bad pitches. And unfortunately, those bad pitches came with guys on base. They attacked, I think, both times. It was a first pitch breaking ball that they went after. I know the, the Gurriel Jr. one was. Um, it happens. You know, and unfortunately it happened with two guys on base and your offense wasn't doing anything. So uh, it's just a bummer that, you know, and we've talked about it all year with Stroh being out and Hendricks missing so much time, Tyone being hit or miss, et cetera. Like you've relied on Justin. He has been wearing a heavy burden all season to be perfect. 
And tonight he just wasn't perfect, and that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't impact his his Cy Young chances. I mean, you could see it happening, but there, you know, he's everybody still has to make their starts the rest of the season. But I, I agree with you. I mean, a, a season high six earned runs, and it comes on the first pitch of two at bats. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough to swallow. Yeah, I can already see the chat like pretty much saying like screw the Cy Young, like just win the games. And I'm sure Steele feels that That's way too, right? That's what he would say, yeah. Like, it's literally yeah, what sure. he would say. Like he doesn't – like not that he doesn't care about the Cy Young, but that's not what drives him, right? And so like this ruining or, or hurting his Cy Young candidacy, like that doesn't matter to him. It's the fact that he gave up six runs and the team lost the game that it felt like they kind of needed to win. Um, I'm with you, Corey. I didn't it – did, it wasn't overall not a bad start from him. You know, he walked uh, the two out walk right there in that first inning that that the next pitch was that three run homer. Um, And, you know, the first homer was a slider that uh, was going in on him that uh, the guy got out. And then the the second home run was a slider down the plate to Alec Thomas, who's not like a slugger or anything. I mean, he has like nine home runs. But when you when you groove a slider right down the heart of the plate, it's it it can travel pretty far. So, yeah, two two big mistakes today that ended up costing him, you know, another quality start. You know, if it caught, co- if this is what costs him the Cy Young, like, yeah, it, it sucks to see, right? It's tough because he's been so good for so long. And yeah, like Cy Young aside, he's been the ace. He has grown into their number one starter, but even the best starters don't, are, don't have it every single time out there. Right? Like they're not perfect every time they go out there. Steele's been throwing quality start after quality start after quality start, getting to seven, eight innings, one run or less. Like he's been so good for so long. And I'm not saying I expected this to happen tonight, but like it, it's not the biggest surprise that it finally did because it happens. And you know that's yeah. baseball. And yeah, it, I think the tougher part was just that the offense just was not able to pick him up against a much worst starter like that that's i think that's the biggest thing is like he yeah he gave up six earned runs but if the cubs offense would have been able to put up some runs against this guy on the mound this rookie uh fought or whatever as we said his name was um (laughs) if they were able to put up some runs early there's a little more pressure on that guy maybe that 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 game is different they got four hits off him i want to say the whole game or the his whole time out there like three hits four hits whatever it was like that that's not going to do it And, and when it comes in a game that Steele didn't have or wasn't at his best or, you know, made a couple of big mistakes that led into homers. Like that's, that's a recipe for just a, a, a stingy loss. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame, you know, like we were saying, like, you know, obviously six is, is a decent amount of runs, of course. Uh, but Steele has picked up this offense time and time again and made, uh, you know, lesser run support work and, and gotten the W right. And it's, you know, just a shame that you felt like, I mean, honestly, how many of us, and you can say in the YouTube chat or the three of us, honestly, when they went down three to nothing, I felt pretty worried about the game, given the way that this offense has been going. So it's just a shame that, you know, you don't feel like the offense is going to pick him up unless he goes out and, you know, basically throws a eight innings of one or two run ball. Like you just don't feel like the offense is going to pick him up if he does get jumped on and, you know, make one or two mistakes. So it's it's a bummer and yeah like the story of the team right now is the offense you know the the bullpen kind of mixed in there and we'll talk about that the Stroman thing is really good news he looked very good I thought um but the the story for a good while here is the inconsistency of this offense and not beating up on 
cakier matchups. And you can kind of throw one of them away and go, ah, oh, it's baseball. Sometimes you get beat, but they're racking up over the last couple yes. weeks of matchups that you're looking at going, boy, like we really should have won that and should have taken advantage of, of bad pitching. Agree 100%. I mean, they had four hits off. Uh, we keep asking, what is it? Fought? I think, I think that's it. <laughs> they, they have four that hits right. off. They had four hits off the four guy. Hits, one walk. I believe going into right. the ninth inning, they were 0 for 8 with runners on base, not runners in scoring position, just runners on base in the game. So yeah, not nearly uh, enough offense. Listen, I know this is a busy time of year, everybody. And, and, People go out to high school football games and college football games, and you're waiting for the NFL, the Bears game, and uh, the Ryder Cup's coming up. you got all kinds of stuff going on. One thing that will save you as the Cubs go for this playoff push is Fubo TV, 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching right away with their seven-day free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. They also give you 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch your local teams while you're traveling. Maybe you're going out of town. Maybe you're going to a homecoming for college or something like that. You can watch college football, Big Ten, NFL Network, Red Zone, like I said, the Ryder Cup. But most importantly for Cub fans out there, Marquee is on Fubo TV. So you can take the Cubs right with you on your iPad, your iPhone, or stream it right to your television, however you want to do it. Uh, watch the Cubs. Fubo TV, use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, Luke, you know it's a Friday, and that, yeah. of course, means that it is a sunny side summer Friday. I guess it's fall now, but it's always a sunny side Friday. And that, of course, still summer. Yeah, technically. Um, that, of course, means it is time to talk about my favorite CHGO sponsor. That is Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensaries, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and in-store pickup and a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, makes Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary Illinois' favorite dispensary. And of course, because we are not in the studio tonight, you guys, that means yeah. that I am very close to my local Sunnyside, which of mm -hmm. course is just down Clark Street, steps from beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. It's a beautiful facility. Their very knowledgeable staff can help answer any questions you have if you are just starting your cannabis jersey journey or you are an experienced user. They can answer any questions and direct you to the best products. You can shop the Sunnyside House of Brands like Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard, award-winning chef Mindy Seagal, and Cresco Labs, and High Supply, which offers quality weed that's always available. Buds are expertly grown, lab-tested, and available in vape carts, vape pens, flour, popcorn, shake, pre-rolls, shorties, and concentrates. Through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 or older or an Illinois med card holder. Yeah, we like to talk about the uh, 
fall feels, getting out of work early on a Friday. This was a treat getting to do the show from home because you all know how I, I was thinking. I thought this game was going to be over at 1145 and we'd be doing a show till one o'clock in the morning. So shout out to the bosses that said, you know what, do it from home this time. Do it from home. Um, so that's who gave me the, um, what do you call it? Made you feel good. The sunny side made you feel good on a Friday. Our bosses for saying, you know what, this is a remote show. Yeah. You know, if we if we did good. this in the studio, it would have gone. It would have been a four and a half hour game. And well, and if Absolutely. I have to give a second, who made me feel good this week? It would be Corey Friedman, who brought in a Valrona do right donut for me last game. Tip of the cap to you. Sir. I'm honored to be the the sunny side vibe curator. <laughs> well, if anybody's going to be sunny side for us, it's probably Corey. Probably the guy. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, how about our DraftKings king of the game? I was trying to think of. Who should be the DraftKings king of the night, king of the game? It was tough. It was tough, but, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't make it Strowman, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was shocked. I'm, I'm not – I wasn't surprised. I was shocked by the news when I, when I saw they were bringing him off the injured list today, and I thought, okay. Well, I, I had sort of written him off for the season. Then the rehab stuff started happening a little bit faster than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um. And I always thought he'd be out because I never really fully considered, well, they could bring him back and just try to at least get something out of him in a bullpen role. I always just thought, well, there's not going to be time to stretch him out. Maybe they'd have him for the postseason, but then what do you have? Um, I think this is a smart way to go. You know, two solid innings tonight. I thought he looked good. Um, Okay, he's not stretched out. But remember, this guy wasn't pitching well. I think mm-hmm. they talked about it. The ERA was like nine or something in his last eight starts or something before he started. Go- he went out with the hip injury mm-hmm. Then the hip injury morphed into he was coming back, almost was back. And it was the cartilage. Um, rib cartilage. Fracture, fracture, yes, yeah. right. Fracture of the cartilage in his ribs. So I just assumed there wasn't going to be time. Hats off to Marcus Stroman for battling back, getting through the rehab, doing the work that he had to do, and getting out on the mound tonight. Uh, two innings, a couple of strikeouts, a hit, nice defensive play on the mound. Uh, listen, they need all the arms they can get right mm-hmm. now. And for him to suck up his pride and say, whatever you need, it's, you know, Steele gave up six runs, I'll go in there. I was impressed. Yeah, and you – you mentioned that he had his last seven starts before going on the IL. He had a nine ERA, that's thirty earned runs in thirty innings, and a eight opponents had an eight fifty eight OPS on him. Um, the first sixteen starts actually, when we when he was the Cy Young candidate, right? Like Steele was great, but like Stroman had been pitching better. He had a two two eight ERA. Opponents had a five thirty six OPS against him. So we've seen the really really good Stroman this year for a long stretch of the season. Um, and before, obviously, he went on the I.L., he saw the bad Strowman. Um, today looked like the good Strowman. He hasn't pitched in relief. He pitched six times his rookie year in 2014 um, and had not pitched out of the bullpen since. So it's a little a little bit of a, a different, newer kind of thing for him, right? Like usually, like Marcus Strowman is a very, um, you know, he has his, his, his routines. His, every single day he knows what he's doing when he's doing it, all that kind of stuff. Like he's very um, set on set on that. Right. And so pitching out of the bullpen is going to be a different um, just regular day of preparation for him. Right. Like he's not on the, the starting, starting pitcher schedule right now. He's not 
going through a starting pitcher's routine and warming up at a specific time before the game starts. Like he's if he's pitching out of the bullpen, it's gonna be it's gonna be different and it's gonna be an adjustment for him. Um, he made it. He made that adjustment look easy today, right? Like you mentioned it: two innings, one hit, one uh, walk, two strikeouts. Like he looked like the good Stroman. And you know, David Ross, Tommy Harvey, all those guys have talked about if if he can come back for the end of the season and and we feel like he can help us and he feels like he can help us, like we're gonna take everything we can get, right? And at this point of the season, when you got yeah guys going in the IL, you got a, a bullpen that's kind of taxed right now um, just getting Stroman back. And if he, if he can look like the good Stroman pitching out of the bullpen, that's huge for him. And, you know, who knows if he ends up getting into uh, back in the rotation before the end of the season, right? Maybe he gets into more of an opener type role, a couple of innings to, to open the game. That way he can stay on that starters routine and then pass it off to, to a piggybacker. So maybe, maybe that's like a, ro- a route they could go. Um, but regardless, however they use him to get him, back for the first time in six weeks, right? A month and a half. And to have him look good in relief of Justin Steele, like that, that's huge. And that could be very huge for the bullpen and just the pitching staff in general moving forward over these last two weeks as, you know, again, as they are trying to lock down a playoff push, as they are trying to fight through the the workload issues that we've talked about and, and all that stuff down the stretch, like adding a, a, a healthier Stroman and a more rested Stroman, like that's that's huge for whatever um, you know role that they ask him to be. He he looked pretty normal. Like looking at you know some of the stuff that you would kind of be dialing in on. Um, looking at some of the baseball savant data, like his average sinker on the year was ninety one and a half miles an hour, and that was the max he touched tonight. You know, a few of the pitches were a little below, but nothing that jumps out to you as like, whoa, he's a a different person, right? So it's obviously going to take some time to really get back into his routine and feeling himself and getting that feel for all those pitches. But as far as his first time out there, like when you look at just some of the velocities on his pitches and stuff like that, it looked pretty normal. So if he can be regular Marcus Stroman and, you know, I don't know, like if he could be Keegan Thompson from last year, right? Go two or three innings at a time, like dial it up a little bit. And as you said, Ryan, whether that's to begin games and then seeding way to somebody else or bridging the gap between uh, Javier Assad and Jordan Wicks to, you know, Merriweather and, you know, hopefully if Alzali can come back, right? Like that would be a huge lift for this team as they are desperately trying to figure out who in this bullpen is reliable, who still has gas left in the tank, and who's healthy, right? So I think tonight, for a a very disappointing game all around, uh, I think that is a a big bright spot. For these last couple weeks, Stroman being a useful multi-inning option out of this bullpen would be a huge, huge lift for this team, whether they can score runs or not. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be curious to see now, how long before he pitches again? Two innings after he hadn't pitched in a game since July. Uh, how long will that mean we have to wait to see him in a game again? I saw our guy Robbie in the chat saying, make him the closer. Um, if there were more time, I wouldn't be totally against that. But if there were more time, they'd be stretching him out to be a starter and and fill some of the spots that potentially Tyone is taking right now. Um 
I don't. I, don't I think you want those idea. multi innings too. Yeah, honestly, I like I think that's more valuable. You know, we need to figure too. out who's closing games, but we've seen it over the past you know few weeks. Like the the bigger trouble for them right now is how do we get there? Like how do we get to right. those last three outs? Right, and I mean he he certainly has the makeup of a guy that you would say okay that personality fits with the role of a closer. If if somehow Alzali doesn't come back for me, that guy is still Merriweather. Like my my closer is Merriweather. But I could see that if the Cubs were able to get this into the postseason and, you know, Stroman's still not going to be stretched out, I could see him becoming the high leverage guy. Like whenever you think when Joe Madden used to put a guy in and be like, okay, it might be sometimes used as closer that way, right? Whatever you think the biggest part of the game is, I could see that being Stroman, especially if at that point he's had a couple of weeks to sort of ease back into this and Guy hasn't been a closer since he was a rookie. I mean, that's, I, I, that's a long time tonight, ago, but I could see him being effective. I could. I think tonight, had they been up in this game, I think the recipe, kind of like we saw with Thompson last year, I think the recipe could have been just let Stroh go until he shows any sign of trouble. Obviously, he might be on a pitch count mm-hmm. as he's easing back in there, but if all if all things were equal, like I think he he could have just rolled right if they were winning this game. I don't think you even need to go to Julian Merriweather. Like Stroman, if he's capable yeah. of going two or three innings, I think you would look at some of these games as the recipe being like once he goes in, as long as he looks like Marcus Stroman, like you mm-hmm. ride that until you have any reason to even get Julian Merriweather up, right? Like because the the one benefit of this last little stretch is like Merriweather should be fresh, right? We've been concerned about some of these other guys getting run into the ground, but he should be fresh. So I, I think if he's able to be this guy, like I think you let him take over and go until he gives you reason for David Ross to take him out. Do you guys see Alex yeah. in the chat asking, why would they send down Palencia rather than Wesneski? What do you think about that? I mean, Palencia, he's had his command issues. Like he's got great stuff. He's had his command issues. Um, you know, he's a guy with options, right? He's a guy that they have the ability to send down. Hey, I, Honestly, either way, um, I don't. I don't like. I'm not hating or loving either of those, right? Like it's Wasneski could have gone down, and and in that sense, maybe you're losing a guy that could cover multiple innings if he's if he's been good enough that day. Like that that decision, I don't. I don't feel either which way about either of those two going down. I think Palencia's, um, you know, he's been used. Um, he, he's not the multi inning guy that Hayden could be on a good day, um, and he's had his command issues. I, I think that's. To me, that's the um, that's the reasoning for sending him back down. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it just, it just feels to me like if I had to feel confidence-wise the last couple of weeks, and I know Wesneski's had some bad outings, I just think he's had more success in his time at the big leagues. It, it's been a, a roller coaster. It goes from like good to bad, good to bad. But when he's good, he's really good. So, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Personally, I, I don't think have they're... a problem with that move. Yeah, I think, you know, it's splitting hairs, right? Like Mm -hmm. guys you're trying to figure out, but I think they have more of a book internally on Wisniewski Mm -hmm. at the MLB level. And at this time of the year, it's just easier to kind of try and figure that out. We know they know his limitations, right? They've tried to push them because they need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with Palencia, he's obviously still getting his first MLB experience. It's just easier, I think, to go with Wisniewski. He's probably more stretched out. Again, like at this point, they're they're probably going to continue doing some of this shuffling. Like they're just trying to keep guys fresh and figure out who can maybe get out on a given day. But 
ultimately, hopefully neither of those guys is pitching in significant mm-hmm. moments. Like that's what they're really trying to get to. Yeah. So it hopefully doesn't matter that much. Uh, hey, give the Cubs credit. They found a way to be better on the base paths in this game. They just weren't on the base paths uh, very much, you know. That's uh, the, so, there you go. That's so the, one meme, yeah. the one that, <laughs> that was That was one smart move. But I will say that while, hey, we we can all admit the, the Rocky series was sloppy baseball. This game wasn't necessarily sloppy. They just didn't offensively come through. Mm-hmm. But they did play good defense. And, again, Dansby Swanson made a play at shortstop where you're like, man, that guy, I don't know when the last time they were making plays like that consistently, the routine ones and the hard ones like that. I mean, he's an, he's a really impressive shortstop, but I think the guy that gets overlooked and I'm telling you is Bellinger at first base. He made two more great picks at first base. And I know he's a gold glover in the outfield, but they have guys that can play outfield. And maybe they don't play it to the level he does. Um, but PCA looked pretty good making a couple plays in his major league debut in center field. Talkman is Talkman won a game against the Cardinals with his play in center field. I, I just prefer to see Bellinger at first base every day. And I'll tell you this. I look at a team that can only get four hits against what was his name? Fat? We think. <laughs> yeah, we that think. sounds right to me. And they can only get four hits against this guy in a I can't help but let my mind jump ahead already to next year because I, in my heart, I know that this is not a World Series team. This is not a true – they might get in the postseason and make everybody excited and it'll be a lot of fun for all of us, but I don't – this isn't a championship team. They're just, they're just not. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be shocked if they are. I mean, I suppose it could happen, but all right, it could I, happen. No. I, I mean – you know, look, I, I'm always going to defer to the wise words of of Theo Epstein, right? Like, I think you just got to get in there. Tickets yeah, to do. the dance are very precious. Uh, would I look at this group and think that right at this moment? No, but you just got to get in there. Um, if you were able to throw Justin Steele in a three-game series, right, with Kyle Hendricks, the way that he's pitched, anything can happen. I'm, I'm not betting on it. You talk to Cody no. if you want to know if you should bet on it. Yeah. Uh, but you just no, got to get in. They just have to find a way to get together and and ride this out to the end um you know is really the thing i i do agree with the chat a little bit i you know i we don't have to get deep in the weeds on it you know um but i i'd like to see some more shakeup in the lineup man like and i i don't just mean where guys are hitting but you're struggling to score runs i i, I said it before like at this point Canario hasn't, I don't even know the last time he swung a bat against live pitching with the way that they've used him, right? Yeah. But you have right? guys that just are not swinging the bat well. And that's where, like, I just, I, I personally, I don't agree with the, we're going to go with the guys that got us here. And, you know, PCA did not look, you know, good offensively in two games, right, to start his MLB career, but it's two games to start his MLB career. You see it across the league. Guys bring up these young hitters, and it provides a little bit of a spark. It changes things a little bit. And, you know, some of the guys that have got them there are not doing it on offense. You know, Mike Talkman has really struggled for some time now on offense. His last, I mean, and I think it goes beyond this, but his last 85 at-bats, which is 30 games, he's got a 514 OPS. That's terrible. And I think it's 
you know, that's the 30 game sample they have on MLB.com. But I think you could go further than that. And the sample is still not good, right? Like, you know, Ian Happ hit that late homer tonight, but he's been in a rough stretch. Nick Madrigal in, you know, the last 30 games as well has an OPS that's right around 500. Um, so there, there's not a perfect answer, but yeah. I, I, I do find it a little, you know, I, I would mix it up a little bit. That that's, that's all I would say. We saw him kind of creeping Seiya up in the lineup, um, you know, and then tonight he's hitting sixth again. Like I, I would get Seiya more at bats. He looks like your best hitter right now that isn't named mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger. And I think sticking to that kind of same stuff, you know, this lineup tonight was one that we saw a lot throughout the summer and it did some really good things for this team. Uh, with Talkman leading off, Happ in the three hole, etc. That's just not really where some of these hitters are at right now. And it's not going to solve everything, right? But when we're looking at this team struggling to score and we're not really feeling good about their approach against some bad starting pitchers, I, you know, shake it up just a little bit. If it doesn't work, neither did this, right? So, it's and and I, I again like I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on where people are hitting and things like that and there's not perfect solutions, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know I I I just see it a lot in the chat and I don't know how you guys feel but personally I I do tend to agree I'd like to see them mix it up and I think looking at you know PCA's two games in Colorado and thinking oh well you know he's not providing it's two games like yeah, you gotta right. let him try. And provide he can't provide a spark if you write it off after two games. That's crazy. So do you like what uh, Augie's Day is saying in the chat? Saying he they think say a belly should bat one two your best hitters right now. Morell fourth, Horner sixth, uh, and they don't mind Hap at third if you're going say a belly. I've been saying all along that I would I'd be totally cool with Bellinger batting second or third. That's where I think Bellinger in my eyes should be batting second or third. I do. I agree with you, Corey, in that I feel like back in the Blackhawks' heyday, Joe Quenville had this thing, the nuclear option. When nothing was working in a series, he always put Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane on the same line, and if it worked, they were going to win the series. If it didn't, it, it, well, it always worked. Okay, so <laughs> that's why he kept doing it. But like, I feel like David Ross is almost to that point. I don't know what the nuclear option is for to getting this offense going. But, but it does seem to be snowballing downhill against pitchers that they should be hitting against. And so I'm if he came out tomorrow, Joe Madden used to do it too. He'd, he'd let KB bat leadoff or he'd let Rizzo bat leadoff. And I know people didn't always like that. But it was just something to kind of get the attention of the team too. Like, mm-hmm. guys, snap out of it. We got let's Let's try and change the vibe around here. So if he came out with a lineup tomorrow that was – Saya, Belly, Hap. I wouldn't blink twice at it. I really wouldn't. The last no. time he tried to shake it up, I, I can't remember what the lineup was, but he had a lineup of guys middle of the season where we were like, is he serious? Like, is this is this the lineup he's going to run out through? Yeah. I don't usually care about it, but, like, I looked at it and thought, man, he feels like he's giving this game away. And then, of course, they won two games with that same lineup. <laughs> I think he almost has to do something like that tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I, I when 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 the team's kind of slumping as they are, like you sometimes shuffling up 
shuffling things up is helps, right? And whether that's just starting PCA tomorrow, right? Just giving giving him another opportunity to get his, you know, I don't he doesn't have a base hit yet in the majors, right? No. Like just giving him opportunity to hit. Obviously, you take his defense in the outfield for sure. Um, I mean, I don't. What was it, Augie's day? Like, I don't even hate yeah, that 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 uh, structure of the lineup. You know, but I think we've kind of said it on here that like your two hitter is supposed to be your best hitter, right? Like you, you see that through lineups across Major League Baseball now, and um, you love Cody Bellinger's slug in the four spot for sure, but he's also still even even you know without like you know he, I guess he's had a little bit of a uh, rougher stretch relative to what he's done all season, mm-hmm. but he's still like your best hitter. And maybe that, that second spot is good for him, but I'm, yeah, I don't disagree with you guys. I, when, when the team is not producing, um, it's kind of one of those, like you can't keep running things back and expect something to change. I mean, maybe they get hot. Maybe even this, that, you know, ninth inning helps them get hot tomorrow. Momentum is a weird thing in baseball, but um, it, it, it's been lackluster for a few games now. And, they're getting some. I don't know the Canario thing. Like it's, he's up here to fill a spot, and could he have even gotten a, an at bat? He's in that just last who they inning? brought up. That's well, why I say well, that's it. What you I'm know, saying. but I'm like, like yeah. could he have even gotten a, an at bat in that that inning where they almost came back? Like, sure, right? Um, he could have. Uh, maybe I would have. If I was Ross, I would have put him in, and and you know, not expecting a six run comeback, but you know, whatever. Um, but he's like, yeah, he hasn't. He hit that one time against San Francisco. As his only at bat, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's swung at live pitching since in game. Um, but maybe he can provide a spark. We know he was hitting pretty well in Triple A. You know, PCA. Yeah, only only two games, right? Only two games. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, I, I I don't I'm not I'm not saying like he absolutely needs to switch things up, but I'm also not disagreeing in that that could definitely help, right? Like I don't make the lineups. I don't know everything that goes into from R and D and the scouts or whatever that goes into making everyday's lineup. Um, but yeah, switching things up can help. We've seen it. We when he started moving say up in the order, you saw just him kind of, you know, after that, after that, um, him, him st- sitting out of the lineup for a few days coming back, he was a little lower in the lineup. He got moved up and you started to see how that affected the lineup there for a little bit. Yep. Something like that could definitely help. And with the, with, yeah, with just, with a, an offense that's struggling right now, that that kind of stuff could definitely help for sure. Well, yeah, and, I don't know the Dell metrics of it, but uh, they need to change the vibe somehow. And Barb, I mean, Barb in the live chat says, "Bring a bunch of penguins to the ballpark like Madden used." Just said, "Let let the guys pick their names out of a hat," which I actually kind of like. Uh, but <laughs> like, just as a you know, a quick example, and I know that they're playing mashups, they're going handedness, things like that. Like, of course, I I, I know that a lot goes into this, and. You know, for some of the people that always, you know, are are ready to yell about David Ross, he he might not control this, right? Like, if Jed Hoyer doesn't like the lineups that he's putting out there every day, like they wouldn't be getting put out there every day. Like, I can assure you of that. Um, but like last 112 at bats for Seiya Suzuki, he has a 1086 OPS, almost 1100. He hit six tonight. When you can't yeah. score runs, that's the type of stuff you're going to look at. He's been hot, and it's not just for a few games. He has mm-hmm. been red hot for over a month now, mm-hmm. and you've got him hitting, you know, in the second inning of every game, right? Like, and then if you have those late rallies, we've seen it a lot, where it's down to Nico and Hap a ton, right? And Nico is a professional hitter. He gives you professional at-bats. He's a great contact guy. 
But is he the person you always want up there, right? Is Ian Happ the person you always want up there? Like, I'm happy. I'm I'm not like freaking out about it like some, but I'm happy to be CHGO's resident anti-Ian Happ in the three-hole kind of guy, right? Because you also saw it today. They switched the pitchers. They brought in a lefty, which means now your three-hitter is a below-league average hitter, which is Ian Happ as a right-handed hitter. So that's one of my main concerns about it. But he's just not producing enough in that spot. He's a great OBP guy. He has an on-base percentage that's almost 110 points higher than his batting average. The dude can take a walk. He knows how to work the strike zone. That's not really what this team needs right now in the the three-hole. I I, I think it might have been Sean that said it earlier. Like He really is an ideal leadoff hitter, but it didn't work that first time years ago. And I think they're afraid to do it again, or he doesn't feel comfortable there, whatever it might be. But he gets on base. And yeah, like you said, Luke, like right now, let Cody Bellinger and Seiya Suzuki get the most at bats on this yeah. team and see where it gets you. Like Seiya Suzuki yeah. is red hot. He he really shouldn't be hitting sixth. Yeah, the whole the I whole agree. conversation is just like us trying to come up with solutions when there's no like there's no obvious solution, right? And it's I think, yeah, that all just comes from like how can you wake up this offense that for now multiple games in a row we just just seems lifeless. Seems like they're kind of limping to the finish line. Like how, what, what is the right way to get this offense and wake them up? Again, like we're we're throwing things out because we don't know the the perfect solution for that. But again, it goes back to what I keep saying is just like, however they they choose to try to make it solution, it better work because they don't have a lot of time. The players gotta got you know Ross has to make the right lineups, put the right guys in every day. The players gotta produce every day because they're running out of time. And and whatever the solution is, they gotta take advantage of it. Well, and I think part of the reason that everybody looks so much to PCA or again, they they seem to not want to use Canario, but he's the guy they brought up. That's why everybody says him because he's here, right? But, you know, you think about like when this team has gone through slumps and how certain guys have carried them out of it, right? We've seen it with Christopher Morell multiple times in his career. When he first came up last year and in parts of this year, he has had those stretches where he is basically putting this offense on his back and going nuts, right? And so it's not to say that there's a perfect answer or that that yeah. guy can't be Mike Talkman right now or it can't be Ian Happ right now. But I think you have so many people looking like, hey, why don't you try these things you haven't tried? Because we have seen this work for this team in the past. A guy comes up, a guy gets an opportunity, and at some point they have to make major adjustments. But hey, for a two to three week period, boy, they're the hottest hitter on the planet, right? Like yeah. it it does feel like, well, you're probably not gonna get that if you're running out the lineup that was working for you three months ago, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I, I don't know totally. what the answer is gonna be, but they in my eyes, I, I don't disagree with what we were saying in the chat. I, I think it is time to mix it up tomorrow. I would rather see a different lineup rather than just going with the same status quo and the same sort of lineup and 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 playing the numbers. That that's this, my the, we, the, what do we they're do? not gonna they're not gonna hit Zach Davies. I'm gonna tell you now. Uh, <laughs> right, I I have I had to go to Wrigley Field to watch that man pitch and throw batting practice mm-hmm. as a Chicago Cub too many times, and I just know that. We all think season. that, and they're, they're not going to hit him. I, I, well, I desperately hope to be wrong, but I've, I've seen this before where we're all like, oh, Zach Davies, he was terrible as a Cub. Like, they'll get three hits. I'm sorry, guys. Zach Davies, a 
maybe Cody and Brendan show up in their shady rays and change the vibe of the ballpark. That would help. And uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Anyone else that's, if you're listening from Arizona, make sure you get your shady rays and wear them to chase field tomorrow. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures is what you get with your Shady Rays. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays of confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From buying play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO, Chicago's beer since 1988. Oktoberfest is back. Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, always in style. They've got the Tropical yeah, Beer yeah. Hug, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pilsner. Look at Corey. He's got the sticker mm-hmm. and everything right at his house. Uh, listen, we had lots of 312. We had all the Goose Island beers and giant tubs of ice at the tailgates. Make sure you uh, – Go to allchgo.com and make sure you sign up to go to the next one. That is October 1st. You can go get ready for get all sauced up before the Bears game starts, and then you can turn on the Cubs game at the same time, right after the tailgate. Perfect timing for the final game of the regular season. Grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. I I do want to read. I love this comment from friend of the chat, Ravi. He says the Cubs are playing like the steamed hot dogs, not the grilled ones with the caramelized onions. Amen. Ravi, (laughs) he knows what's up. He does know. Now you're talking my language. Likes a steamed hot dog over a grilled hot dog. You're wrong. And grilled onions are the way to go. Yes, sir. Caramelized grilled onions. I did find them harder to find uh, when we went to the crosstown. It's not as easy to find. The grilled onions as it used to be. I would tell you where I go, but then I'd have to wait in a longer line. line. It's a secret spot. (laughs) Corey knows exactly where to go. Becky doesn't like onions on hot dogs. Um, Uh, I I know we're going to finish up here. I I did just want to – there's – Megan Montemiro put out a good uh, tweet that I think sort of sets things up for everybody, something to keep in mind as we watch the rest of these games. So – the Cubs hold the wild card tiebreaker over the Giants. They do not hold the tiebreaker over the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, and the Marlins. So something to keep in mind uh, as you're looking at those standings, right? Like where they are now, where they could be, mm-hmm. those are a good chunk of teams that they do not have that tiebreaker against. So something to keep in the back of your mind. 
And they need to win games. Is, they need is, to win games. Is the point. Yeah. Seven and eight games. in September is not going to get it done uh, if you're in a playoff chase and you're you're up against it, just trying to get to the wild card. Honestly, if it was just two wild cards, I'd I'd really be starting to worry. But you know, it's ex- it's an expanded format, so there's there's opportunities. That's one that's one thing I do like about the six teams getting in is that you know teams that are marginal are are still fighting for it and. You have a fan base that's still engaged in this every night, waiting to see if the if they're going to come through and snap out of it here and, and turn it on the last couple weeks of the season. I, I tell you what, if it wasn't Justin Steele tonight, I always feel good when Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. And I know he's another guy that many, many people have doubted. But man, when when the stakes are high, there aren't too many guys you want on the mound more than you want Kyle Hendricks. And so – they're going to need mm-hmm. him with the, the way this offense is going. They're going to need Kyle Hendricks. Need the professor. To, yeah, pull the rabbit out of the yeah. hat again and 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 deliver. And I I think you can do that. Yeah, I, I think they have a they have a lot of confidence in Kyle Hendricks right now. The way he's yeah. pitched since he came back, I I think Hendricks has obviously earned that. He's looked a lot more like his pre twenty twenty one self. Um, yeah, and I, I, we're going to keep going back to they got a, they got a bad starting pitcher on the mound for the diving back. So like. If Kyle Hendricks get, puts them in a position to win, this offense needs to respond and needs to. Well, and I'd him. like to see. I, I I do hope we see PCA on on Saturday. Davies, a right hander, mm-hmm. you know, not a guy. He he at at times he can make his pitches work. Right, he's been a major league starter for a while for a reason. He can you know change speeds and things like that, but. You know, this is not an overpowering, you know, guy that's going to come out blasting 99 mile an hour fastballs, things like that. So I think that matchup works for PCA. And of course, in a, a ballpark that plays big like this, has a big kind of messy center field with that backdrop, Kyle Hendricks, pitch to contact and let your new center fielder go get the ball. Yeah. yeah uh, I saw Chris in the chat was asking, should we worry, Stuck? Uh, worry, don't panic. The panic button hasn't been hit, but the worry siren, that one I'm getting ready to put my finger on. The worry siren I'm ready to touch, but not the panic button. Slightly different. Um, hey, who won who got tonight? Dansby had a nice defensive play. He did. Did you have Dansby? I did have Dansby. Did any, nobody had Saya? No one had Saya. No one had Morell. No one had Hat. <laughs> I don't think that garbage time stuff counts for anything anyway. And nobody took Stroman because you can't. So do All I, right, you can have it. it with, the play was the, probably the nicest thing. Well, there you go. I don't know who had Bell. Oh, I had Bellinger. Boy, he was pretty good with the glove. Pretty good yeah. with the glove over at first base. Where's this <laughs> offense this without him? That's another podcast, but it's not good. That's all I can say. I worry about next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did I jump ahead to next year again? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Hey, that's guys. it's the most Cubs fan thing you I know, know you can be next doing is simultaneously here. thinking about this playoff race and next and year and worrying about it all. Already. <laughs> uh, hey, make sure you get fitted out for the, with the best sports gear around: hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Uh, for baseball season, of course, the Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. But now also, boy, get those hoodies ready. Fall is here. There's a little chill in the air. And mostly when we're in studio, check out our set decorations. A lot of those have been donated by our friends at FOCO. Some really unique stuff. Go over to FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off 
Again, CHGO for 10% off. Uh, all right. So, Corey, you and Brendan, Sunday, after the Cubs find a way to win the series by taking yes, two sir. out of three, that's the goal. That's what we're hoping for. You guys will be – but you go on pretty much right after the game, don't you? It's it's close to the end yeah. of the game. So Yeah, we'll be on right after, hopefully Sunday talking about day. a uh, – a Cubs W at least on Sunday, you know, hopefully two or three. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's an interesting spot. They're, they're in the playoffs right now. It feels not great, right? Like we've all lived through certain things before that remind us to be worried, but they're in the playoffs right now. They got to put their head down and find a way to gut this out for what is it like 13 games, something like that. Like hold on to this spot. And this season is a massive success. Just don't let this slip away. Just Put your head down, gut it out, and find a way to get in. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, that's, that's uh, it. Cubs lose 6-4 to four to the Diamondbacks, lead down to a game and a half now in the wild card race. Kyle Hendricks on the mound Saturday. Make sure you join Corey and Brendan uh, coming up on Sunday. Brendan says, I will be fine, Barb. He will be there. He will be ready on Sunday, despite the fact that he and Cody may get liquored up before tomorrow's game. <laughs> Sauced is what I heard. Spicy was another word I heard it described. Uh, Good luck to them. Stay safe out there. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Until we see you next time, fly the W.